0: And welcome to Is It Dad Rock Yet? I'm mine, and this is Steve. Hello. Each week, we will be talking about an album from our youth that has helped shape our impeccable music taste. Starting from the year 2000, with a few older ones now and then, we'll look into the stories and facts about the band from around the time the album was released, with a few of our own memories thrown in the mix for good measure. So, without further ado, let's kick this off. Episode one: Papa Roach Infest from the year 2000. Bit of background on the album, so Infest was the second studio album. I always thought it was the first album. I thought it was the first album as well. Um, So the the second studio album and major label debut by the American rock band Papa Roach. Rock band? Yeah, what would you call it? New metal? I would too. Uh, It was released on April 25th 2000 through DreamWorks Records and became the 20th highest selling album of 2000 in the United States. The sound of the album is new metal and rap metal. More like it. Um, Many of the album's songs contain rapping and hip-hop influences. It was certified three times platinum in the US on July 18th, 2001, and peaked at number five in the Billboard 200 charts. Uh, The album earned the band a Grammy nomination. Didn't win, clearly. But anyway, a nomination nonetheless uh, for Best New Artist. Infest has sold more than 7 million copies worldwide, with 3 million sold in the US, and it is their best-selling album to date. All right, Steve, I've got three questions for you. Question number one. How many sales is it to make it platinum? I was going to ask you that, um, but I think 100,000? That's not as many as I thought it would be, but then like a million would be a lot, of. A lot. <laughs> a lot yeah. of albums. Um, so especially if they sold it seven, well, they sold seven million to date copies worldwide, so...
1: Over 21 years. So that's what? a good point.
0: <laughs> okay, fair do. So question number two, what are the single releases from the album Infest? Oh, I know this one. Last Resort. Yeah. Broken Home. Yeah.
1: Between Angels
0: and Insects. Yeah. Dead Cell. Correct. Well done. And next question, so the third question. Um, what name the band members? Ah, shit. Uh Jacoby Shaddocks. Yeah. Weirdly enough, he's no longer
1: called Kobe Dick. No. That sort of thing. he was like, he didn't like reading the interviews They he said, Dick said this. He was like, ugh, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Fair dues. Uh, so you got Jacoby, there's Turbin, someone or other. Esperance. Yeah. Jerry Horton, mm-hmm. who this morning when I. Heard of who? Him, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> but this morning I was like, oh, Jerry Hortons There's a, there's a cafe, like a, a restaurant type coffee shop in Canada Called Jerry Hortons And I was like, that's so weird I looked it up and I was like, no, it's Tim Hortons <laughs> okay. uh, And then the final guy was Dave I can't remember his last name, but he's no longer in the band Yeah, correct. They've got yeah. a new drummer now called Tony
0: Grilled tone um, Dave Buckner is his name ah, yeah. And bonus question um, so you said the singer's Jacoby Shaddix, a.k.a. Kobe Dick. What are his other names that he's gone by? No, I don't know. Johnny Vodka. Fuck off. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, John Doe. Which I can kinda of yeah, see, like okay. dead body kind of yeah. thing, innit? Whatever. You young, you're an idiot. Um, Dakota Gold. Oh, uh, his son's middle name is Dakota
1: Deco- Oh that's no, his middle name, isn't it? Dakota yeah. is his middle name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um and Jacobo in Insonico. In <laughs> so I don't know when he decided to be called all that stuff, but yeah, that's his mm. name. Johnny Vodka.
1: That's so weird. We had a friend we were younger called Tommy Vodka. Well, I
0: feel like he probably nicked he probably
1: that. probably nicked it. it yeah, obviously... Found out just now.
0: Yeah, be Dick
1: nicked it off our friend, obviously. Yeah, Tommy Vodka, me. yeah. Uh, but one thing I don't think I got the answer to was, how many sales make
0: Platinum? Yeah. How many was it? Oh, I, I don't know. Oh. I just read that question up earlier. I'll, I'll Google it later. Okay. We'll let's... come back to that one. So the next bit I want to ask you about is your opinion of the album. So... What was your or is your favorite song on the album? Favourite song, I was thinking about this one and I found it really
1: difficult because there's quite a few which are good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think there's a bad song on the album, but I think I'd have to go with my favourite song being either last resort, Cut My Life into Pieces, this is my last
0: resort,
1: suffocation or between angels and insects. Say- Which they were singles, which makes me feel like I should have chosen something that's not a single. But fuck it, that, those are the two best songs on the album, in my opinion. And why are they? Well, obviously, Last Resort is iconic, mm-hmm. and the um, Between Angels and Insects is just, I don't know, like the guitar on there sounds really cool. And the video,
0: cool video. The yeah. video was
1: awesome.
0: When all the. Um cockroaches come out of his mouth yeah, yeah. and then I think it used to edit it so it didn't you couldn't see it sometimes oh, really? on some of them channels uh, yeah, because it went into the ears and out of <coughs> the mouth and up the nose and up stuff up his butt yeah, yeah. yeah that, was, the best that was a different <laughs> maybe a different film I was watching um, what was your favourite song uh, Last Resort because it is iconic like you say it reminds me of doing my paper round coming home Having some cereal watching Q on TV, you yeah, know what I'm um, and waiting for that song to come up, and it used to come up all the time, and I used to love the video, um, and, and it kind of just reminds me of that moment. What I was, and we'll come on to this later on, but obviously I've been looking into the lyrics of that, and obviously it's about suicide, and yeah, you go to a club, any club, you go to my wedding, I'm pretty certain your wedding, um, Last Resort come on, came on, and we're all jumping around like idiots, singing about suicide, and you kind of forget that. But yeah. it is a weird song. But it well, is iconic and everyone knows it.
1: Yeah, that sort of thing. And it was kind of like,
0: it's a suicide song. But then
1: the guy who it's about, he was like, I don't think it is a suicide song because yeah. I'm still here. Yeah. And he said, this is more of a song about a cry for help. And yeah. I thought, that was pretty cool. But yeah, it's just iconic.
0: Yeah. Um, worst song? I found it really difficult to think
1: of a, a worse song because I don't think the album is necessarily full of the best songs ever... ...but I don't think there's necessarily a bad song on the album... ...like the singles are absolutely incredible... ...there's some songs which are really good... ...and then there's some songs which aren't as good as the others... ...but I'm going to have to go with Binge...
0: I went Binge as well... ...yeah it's just not as good as it I don't know... ...no it's for me... I, ...so I, I sort of put a few uh, ideas down about why... ...and it's got no real good riff... ...yeah... Um, ...all the other songs have got some sort of riff... Or, ...and it's got no lyrical hook as well... ...so like Never Enough... It's got that lyrical sort of bit of um, where he just sort of shouts never enough. Yeah. Never, enough, "never enough." Admittedly, he just shouts "never enough," but it, it sounds cool. Binge, mm, it's not very good. Yeah, it's not
1: really. A, there's not a really strong chorus in that,
0: is there? To, to, no, to sing along to carry it or anything yeah. like that. So yeah, so I went for the same binge. Go fuck yourself. Um, Best bits. So, do you have any best bits of the album? Any bits where it drops in or kicks off, or or sort of lyrics or anything like that? You like? Um, I think the intro to the album is probably the
1: best bit. I don't actually know what it says. Um, it says something about a fever like cockeracha, but it's just like welcome to the album. Mm-hmm. This is what we're doing. And. All the riffs in general are just really good. So like when Blood Brothers kicks in and it's that that riff and it just reminds me of like playing Tony Hawk's. And I think other than that, like I was thinking, there's no real sort of standout bit apart from that part in um, uh, Snakes mm. where it's like, uh, who's crew's sicker, Mine's sicker? I'm not gonna say the next one. And um, yeah, for, for, just for guitars in general, it just sound incredible. Um, where you listen to it, like it, it, it holds up now. Like there's Definitely. a lot of albums out now which don't sound as good.
0: It's recorded well um, is a thing as well, isn't it? It's a, you know, but I mean, it's a major label, so it's always going to sound quite good. Um, I've pretty much the exact same as you. Gone for the, the intro bit and then it kicks off with a Viva la Cocoracha. Then it's got a cool guitar riff that says, My name's Kobe Dick, Mr. Dick if you're nasty. Which is really cool and again, it's the first thing you listen to, it's that build up to it, God kicks off. Um, the bit where the uh, second, um, when it kicks in with the Blood Brothers bit, you know, with the second guitar coming in, it kicks oh, yeah, off yeah, again, yeah. same. And I put the bit where it says, fuck your money, fuck your possessions. You know, at the end of... Oh, yeah, um, Between Angels and Insects. Between Angels and Insects, yeah, where yeah. It, sort of, um, it sort of all builds up to this, you know, there's no money, take my money, blah, blah, blah. And then in the end, it's like, fuck, fuck everything. Yeah, I was singing
1: the long time in the car today. It was it's pretty good. cool.
0: Fuck your money, fuck your fuck your obsession. Do you like the album, is the next question. Uh,
1: yeah, I do like the album. I think it's front-loaded, so the best songs are like the first sort of five, six tracks and after that it falls off a bit, mm. but when you, I think when you listen to the tracks like one by one, so if you just had it on shuffle, like they're all pretty good, but yeah, it's definitely front-loaded and uh, yeah, it's pretty good It's a good album, I can't say no.
0: Um, and the next question, or last question should I say, is uh, would you listen to it today or do you still listen to it? Or did you only start listening to it because we were going to do this podcast?
1: I started listening to it again, but I don't think I've listened to the album as much as I did when I was younger. I remember when I was younger, I used to sit on the bus to school and the bus home from school and listen to it quite a bit and sing along. Which was weird on the bus. On the bus. Oh my god! Which I to do that. Uh, but yeah, like now, like I said, it's front-loaded, so like the best songs like the first six, and then after that it drops off a bit. So I don't think I'd ever really choose to listen to like Never Enough or Legacy or uh, Tightrope. I like
0: Tightrope. Yeah, I was I like gonna Ty say Rope as well. I liked it more now than I did last... When I first listened to it, I used to always skip it. I didn't like it all. And then Never Enough and all them sort of songs I used to just not bother with. And as I've sort of, I don't know, got older or, I don't know, can't be asked to change the song, I started listening to it a bit more and I like them more. Not as much as the rest of the album, but I do like the the later songs more now than I ever did when I was younger. Yeah. that makes sense?
1: Yeah. But one thing I will say is that I wouldn't ever put anything on a playlist unless it was like Last Resort, Between Angels and Insects.
0: Dead Cell. Dead Cell. Invest. Um, Yeah, I I, I agree as well. So I I do listen to it every now and then. A lot more for the podcast, obviously, just sort of uh, building up to this. But I remembered everything. Memories kept flooding back, as they always do. Um, I never bothered with a set... with Papa Roach in general, other than the first album, I think I I, I didn't have Love Hate Tragedy. I think Aiden did, didn't he? Yeah, I listened to it, Love Hate Tragedy, and it, I didn't I didn't like it. No, and just for the for the for the record, Aidan like Aiden is one of our friends. You're probably hearing him spoken about a lot because ultimately we it was me, Stephen, Aiden when we were younger, and we just listened to all the same music. So a lot of our memories or things we're talking about will probably include him. So just for reference, um and um getting away with murder was this, the third album. I I bought that. I didn't mind it But then after that Never really bothered with him So Papa Roach will Roach The hymn this, this.: Yeah
1: thing. I was actually I was watching a, uh, An interview with Kobe Dick Or Jacoby Shaddix And at the end He was like Because it was obviously 20 years I think last year mm-hmm. So they did a live stream And they said They have to re-practice The songs And he was like Oh man These songs are like Hard-hitting These are like Edgy These are like Great And he was like No wonder some of our fans Think we've gone soft and I think throughout the oh, years yeah, they've yeah. probably gone soft but you know they've got the 20 years to
0: replay <clears> maybe they'll come back with something a bit heavier well I think you know when we did the, the, the intro to to uh, Papa Roach we mentioned about it being an American rock band and that sounded weird to us because they are a rock band to us they're a rap metal yeah, band yeah, they're yeah. a new metal band whereas I think as they've progressed they have become more rocky I think yeah I think that as well and I
1: again go back to the interview with uh, Kobe Dick where he said like when they released, Dick says. yeah, Dick says they released "Love Hate Tragedy," and then they'd missed the boat because music had evolved and things had changed. They hadn't changed that much, so it didn't hit as well. So that's why they've kind of gradually just changed their music style as they've got older and how I guess tastes change and trends change. But they've tried to keep up with basically like the trend of the mm. day. Whereas I don't know. Did,
0: so I don't, do you reckon they're more, fair, more, like, trend-chasing rather than fashion-setting kind of thing? Or... Yeah,
1: well, maybe. Or maybe it's just a, a thing of, like, well, this is what we're into now and this is what we want to play, but, like, if they just release seven different albums that all sounded like Infest, would people just get bored of them?
0: Yeah, I think it's, di- it's difficult, isn't it? Because I suppose it's like, uh, uh, when you're younger, if a band deviates from one album to another... You know, you absolutely hate them. Why are they changing the sound? I hate them, I hate them. And as you get older, you sort of realise that your tastes change as you get older. Their tastes change. They're sick of playing the same stuff. If they want to roll, roll onto a, a different style or different sound or whatever, fair play to them. But at the time, it can make or break a company, uh, a band. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're, they get a lot of like, um, negative press if they change their style too much. Yeah. Stuff like that. So it's, yeah, it's okay. difficult. And also, I think I'm guessing I have never been signed, um, but I imagine there's that pressure from a major label to create a new album. They always say, you know, the first album is one of the better ones because they've had all the time in the, you know, the years to, you know, do these songs. The second album is cool, brilliant. We want this next album next year, please, and they've got yeah. a, a time limit. to uh, make Yeah, it.
1: and I think as well, like like you said, sometimes bands have years to write songs. I read online that Paparotchi only wrote like three or four of the songs. While they we were recording the album, so everything else was already written. Mm. So they had Lash Resort written. Yeah, ages. they had different so, lyrics yeah, yeah. or something,
0: or different. It was slightly different, wasn't it? I think I read, um, but the main idea was there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, and just sort of just rounding off this, this little bit, in regards to sort of, mem- do you have any memories of Paparoach? Can you remember anything that just, when you hear of the albums or anything, it just think, makes you go back to whatever time? Uh,
1: no, I mean, when I was younger, obviously, I don't know, 12, 13 maybe. Listening to, well, playing Tony Hawks too and Blood Brothers being on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, when I was younger, I was year seven, so like year 11 or 12, and I remember being ill from school and I just laid on city, and I was skipping between like Q Music, MTV2, I don't even know if Kerrang was on at that point, but that was the first time I he- heard Last Resort and I was just like, what the hell is this? This is awesome. And then Linkin Park was on there, uh, Limp Bizkit, and I, I think that just that day changed what I listened to or got me interested in music.
0: Yeah, no, I'm the same. I think Papa Roach, Infest, probably the first, um, one of the first albums that I sort of got, one of the first bands that I was right into. I remember sort of, uh, like you say, Linkin Park was a big thing. Um, and um, Marilyn Manson, Disposable Teens. I remember seeing that on MTV too, and being like, "Oh my god!" So it's like around that time, an Infest was made, which was very accessible, angry music kind of stuff. Um, my memories from it. Thanks for asking. My memories um, from the from this time was I remember ages ago, it's Medal of Honor, playing Medal of Honor, listening to the Infest album on repeat. Me and Aiden, and uh, and there's a bit on Dead Cell when it says, "I'm saying something, don't turn your fucking cheek." And we used to slap each other.
1: I don't <laughs> know if you, that was you as well. No, no I, remember, I was thinking about this earlier because I remember you saying this a few weeks ago and I was like, no, but I
0: wasn't friends with you and Aidan back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We yeah, You used to be the weird kid that sang on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Probably why I didn't know like what um, Yeah, so it was like, I'm saying something, don't turn your fucking cheek. And then we'd try and slap each other as hard as we could in the face. So, you know, and I remember I told my wife and she was like, why? And I'm like, did it anyway, it's funny, innit? Um so yeah, so that's my sort of memories from it. Uh, like you say, Tony Hawks, um, and things like that. Cool. So we've covered off our thoughts and our memories um from the, the band, from the album. Um moving on to um a bit more of a factual part of the the podcast. So um do you know how uh Paparoach got their name? Uh yeah,
1: so I know there was, I'm thinking of names to call their band, and it came up with things like, you know, Cat Daddy, which is the best name in the world. Yeah. Don't know why I didn't use that one. No. But someone thought better and thought, well, actually, Cat Daddy's kind of cool, but what about, like, Papa Roach and Kobe Dick's granddad was called Papa Roach, or I guess that was his nickname. But it wasn't christened Papa Roach now. But he had a <laughs> T <It wasn't laughs> um, uh, no. in Roach, uh, and they took out the T and, well, obviously took the meaning as being more like roaches are indestructible, they can survive a lot, so we kind of took that name and, and made it their own.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I found as well. So it's quite an interesting sort of uh, origin story, I suppose. Um, Cat Daddy is the worst name I've ever heard, so I'm glad they didn't call that. We could have been doing a podcast about Cat Daddy and their first album Infest, but it's not happening. Um, yeah, William, uh, Howard William Roach is his step-grandfather, apparently, so yeah.
1: If they were called Cat Daddy, their first album wouldn't be called Infest. What would it be called? I don't know, I was going to ask you, what do you think it would be called?
0: You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it'd be called. Um, that uh, is good. Yeah, thanks. The next bit I want to talk about is the censorship lyrics, or censored lyrics, should I say, in um, Last Resort. Um, so this is the kind of version that I saw a lot on Q um, and on you know MTV2 and Kerrang! and things like that. So what I'll do is, it's last resort, I'll read out the lyrics as what they actually are, and then I'll read them out again with the actual censored bit. So, it says, cut my life into pieces, this is my last resort. Suffocation, no breathing, don't give a fuck if I cut my arm bleeding, this is my last resort.
1: Cut my life into pieces, this is my last resort. Suffocation, no breathing, don't give a fuck if I
0: The censored version is cut my life into pieces, this is my last resort. Uh, suffocation, no breathing, don't give her my arm, this is my last resort. And it sounds weird when you actually listen to it again. You're like, we thought this was okay. Yeah. This is weird. Cut
1: my life into pieces, this is my last resort. Suffocation. I thought it was more censored than that, so So that's good.
0: it does move on to um, later on, and then it says, um, don't give a fuck if I cut my arm bleeding. Um, do you even care if I die bleeding? Would it be wrong? Would it be right? If I took my life tonight, chances are that I might. Mutilation out of sight, and I'm contemplating suicide. And the lyrics are uh, censored version. It says, don't give a... my arm. Do you even care if I... would it be wrong? Would it be right? If I took my... tonight... Chances are, might, sight, a- I- wrong, right? my- Chances are that I might mutilation
1: out of sight and I'm contemplating. That's about our thought, because that cuts a lot of the lyrics yeah. out, yeah. Um
0: so, yeah, and it's, it's interesting because nowadays, 20 years later, um, suicide, it's, you know, I think, I think it is one of the biggest killers for, like, male, yeah. between, like, I don't know, what is it, like, early teens and, 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 you know, early 20s or something, it's one of the biggest killers of, of males. Um, well, what I do find weird, though, is that, like, I listened to this song on cue
1: the first time, it was censored, and I didn't think it was weird. I just kind of knew the words of what it, what it was about, so maybe the censorship doesn't even matter. Maybe people just saw
0: through it. Well, I a that sort of thing actually made the person that was writing this article say it, it made it more interesting. Like, it was like, oh, what does it say? And then went and bought the album. <laughs> so, it, you know, it, it can work both ways. But yeah, I just thought it was weird that the, 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 the censor out the, these words and this quite graphic sort of lyrics, admittedly. However, this is obviously a, a big thing mental health and stuff nowadays. 20 years ago, everything was censored out of it. Yeah. Definitely. Now it'd be interesting to see, and obviously we would never know, but if Resort, uh, Last Resort got released today, how much of it would be censored? What's our attitude towards them? Them kind of lyrics, I suppose, and they are dark lyrics, as you know. Self, self noted by Papa oh, yeah. Roach as well.
1: It's the same with Chop Suey by System of a Down, mm-hmm. which was originally meant to be called Suicide, but they had to change the name of it because it, you know, they wanted to call it Suicide and said, "No, you can't call it Suicide," so we changed it to just Chop Suey. But it's that whole. I guess nowadays. Is suicide something that people want to talk about
0: more? And it's less of a taboo subject, yeah, I think. Yeah. And, and and rightly so, ultimately. Um, and I think we we mentioned earlier as well. Um, It was about, a song about, well, I think it was like one of the guys from the bands. he lived with him, this guy who tried to commit suicide, attempted to commit suicide, or attempted suicide, Um, and they they sort of found him, helped him, took him to the hospital, Um, he sort of got sort of um, support, sort of mental health support, Um, and and then I think, I believe, he sort of found God, um, and now leads a different life, and is much better, and obviously is is sort of... um, You know, living a completely um, fantastic life, and so the guy that the song's about is actually more about the song is more about life rather than suicide because the guy is still here. It's about being at that point where the last resort is to commit suicide, but then coming out of the other end and getting that support and what it feels like. So it's not a song about suicide, it's a song about life. And
1: yeah, I think we mentioned earlier it's a song about a cry for help, and Yeah. yeah, I saw, um, I think it's on a there's a, a YouTube series. I think I can't remember who did it, but it's the story of, and it's got songs. So it's like lashes off, and then all the other songs suck, like "Blue Devil" even "Never Die" that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it's a really, really interesting, um, like half an hour video. And at the end, he meets up, and like we're apologising to each other for bringing like the darkness into their house. Um, and he says like, "No, it's not a song of suicide because I'm still here. It's about uh, a cry for help more than anything." And I think. I don't know if this is one of the first times we have spoken in quite a while, Mm. but they just kind of drifted apart once he kind of got that more, I guess, was more stable mentally, uh, whereas Jacoby Shaddock's was going, oh, this guy's kind of bumming out, I'm not going to hang out with him, but I guess it worked out in the end. Yeah. So, Martin, I wanted to ask you if you heard about Papa Roach ripping off Iron Maiden
0: I have heard of one of them, so Last Resort and I think it's Genghis Khan by Iron Maiden. Yeah, so
1: there's, so I've, I've seen about three different songs, don't necessarily agree, so Last Resort um, by Papa Roach, and then you've got Genghis Khan by Iron Maiden, so shall we play those two? Yeah. And then we'll see what you think. Yeah. So this is Last Resort by Papa Roach. And this is Genghis Khan by Iron Maiden. Okay, Martin. so what do you think? Has Flash Resort ripped off Genghis Khan?
0: I don't think it's ripped off. Um, I think it's very, very similar. The Genghis Khan one is much quicker, um, and the Paparazzi one is much slower, but the general riff is, is similar. I mean... It, yeah, it's similar. Yeah, it's similar. I mean, think it's, it's, like, it's I agree. It's, it's not the same, but it's very similar. I wouldn't say it's a rip off.
1: No, I mean there's only so many notes and stuff in the uh, in music. So I was like, what twelve? So it's very difficult to to have something completely different all the time. But I think it's just like it sounds like it's probably part of the scale, and it's just that I made and used it in part of the song. Pepper Roach used it.
0: Like I say, the, the story that I heard was the um, whoever the main songwriter is in Papa Roach, he was on the piano and he did that that riff and, uh, you know, the, the song was like, oh my God, that's really good.
1: Yeah, I did it as well, where he's kind of like, oh, I've come up with this idea, i just been playing on the piano and then to play it on the guitar, I was like, oh, that sounds really cool, let's use that as a song. Whereas I don't think it was very much like, you know, I we've well, been in a band, I used to rip off bands, riffs all the time. Um
0: where you go, oh, that was cool. I'll copy something like that. Being influenced and copying are two different things, aren't they? Yeah, and I think the. I mean, what was it? I mean, nineteen eighty-one. I mean, were the Iron Maiden fans Papa Roach, at the time or anything like that? Do you well, know what I mean? Did they listen to it because apparently it's a it's a more obscure track from Iron Maiden, you know, an instrumental track. Yeah. I mean, I don't know many Iron Maiden songs, but like Bring It On to the Slaughter, yeah, Run to the Hills, Run to the Hills,
1: Five Minutes to Midnight, Mhm. no.
0: no. They're the only three songs they've the ever only released. Three songs, yeah. And these other songs that apparently have been ripped off by Papa Roach. I think Iron Maiden has <laughs> ripped off Papa Roach. This is it, definitely. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's similar. I'll give it that. It is similar. Yeah. And to say it's not is you're lying. And I think Papa Roach have
1: always said as well, like, well, we never listened to Iron Maiden. Right. But now they do, and like, yeah, it sounds similar, but Iron Maiden are cool, we're cool, it's all good. Hmm. I don't think Iron Maiden give a fuck.
0: Probably not. So
1: this next track is Between Angels and Insects and the Iron Maiden song is called Prowler and supposedly the two riffs are very alike. This is Papa Roach. And this is Iron Maiden. So yeah, those two sound pretty similar. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think the the, the sort of guitar, the the the, the guitar sound, and the distortions are are completely different. So I think that's what separates it a lot more. The Iron Maiden one's a lot higher pitch um, than the the more sombre tone of the other of, of Papa Roach, I think they are similar styles, yeah. but I think they're a bit bit further apart than the um, the Genghis Khan and Last Resort version.
1: Yeah I think so as well and I think as well back to there's only so many notes and so much things you can do it's just like it's a pattern on a guitar uh but if, you know they've not completely ripped something off it's just it's a very popular pattern on a guitar I think and they've just used used it in one of their songs. This next one is Dead Cell by Papa Roach and Sanctuary by Iron Maiden. I personally don't really see similarity in this one, but uh, let's play them and see what you think. So, this is Dead Cell by Papa Roach. And this is Sanctuary by Iron Maiden. Okay, Martin, what's your verdict?
0: Not similar at all.
1: No, I don't think it's similar. Like I think again, it's just one of them. It's just it's just a pattern which is it sounds similar, but it's it's very different at the same time.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think the other two you could get away with saying they are similar, um, or you can sort of you know you've if I heard let's put it this way if I heard Genghis Khan and whatever the other song was called, I'd be like God, do you know that sounds a bit like. Last Resort and Between Angels and Insects. Yeah, Genghis
1: Khan and Prowler.
0: Yeah, and then... But if I heard this one just gone, I wouldn't go, that sounds a lot like Dead Cell. And I think to me, if that's not... If you're not making that connection, then I don't think it's similar enough. Yeah, I think
1: it's clutching at straws.
0: Yeah. So we're almost at the end of the podcast. Um, is there anything else that you want to add or bring up? Yeah, so I thought I'd um, bring up the sort of a rise
1: in popularity of Papa Roach. So, um... I don't know how much you know about this, but Papa Rich was a band since 93. So, we started off with, like, drums, bass, and a trombone player um, playing, like, funk or whatever. Okay. Um, after, like, a month, decided, you know, fuck this. And got a guitarist. And then, I think, just built on that metal sound, uh, built, like, you know, that new metal sound of, like, hip-hop and metal. hmm And then, they released... A couple of EPs, they released an album before they were signed to a major label. They were quite big in their hometown, uh, so Vacaville, uh, Northern California. Um, they'd have, like, Head PE and Incubus, who were signed to major labels, supporting an unsigned band, Papa Roach, oh. at the Vacaville Community Centre. Um, I thought this was pretty cool about them. They were so popular in their hometown that they did, a, like, a gig at a community hall to raise money for a skate park. And, yeah, built a skate park. That's quite cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we just kept getting passed over. Like, nobody wanted to sign Papa Roach. But then, eventually, we got, like, a demo deal with Warner, something like that. Recorded some songs there. a and our guy, uh, got fired. So, DreamWorks picked up Papa Roach, and they went from being, like, nobodies to, like, superstars overnight. So, like I said, I don't know how many million copies to saw. Seven million, was it? Yeah. Since Infest came out. But it went from nothing to, like, everything overnight. And I think it's crazy. And I think when Last Resort came out as a single, they were on Walk Tour, and they started off on, like, the support stage. Really just, like, no, no, like a nobody band. were on mm-hmm. a support stage early in the early in the day. And throughout that entire tour, like, they just had to be bumped up and bumped up and bumped up until the point where Paparocci were headlining that tour. On the same sort of... Yeah, yeah, okay. so it's the same walk tower. That's The same <laughs> walk tower. And yeah, so Papa Roach went from like being nobodies to being headliners in a space of like weeks, which mm. I think is just crazy. But I was wondering why you might think they were so popular. Like, what hit so hard about Last Resort as a single? Like, I wonder how they became superstars. I want to get your opinion on that.
0: Well, I think it's the accessibility it's on cue it's on tv uh, music tv um the video um is a is you know iconic I can remember remember it when I was watching it um earlier uh, a couple of days ago I remember all the bits because obviously for, the, for those I'm sure that you remember it's the sort of you see the the audience members they're in their own house and then it sort of like does a merge into the into the live audience, um And I think it's just a case of it's quite a shouty song. It's got a cool riff. It's got a cool hook. It's got cool lyrics and melody and things like that. And I think that's what sort of bumped it up. And this is the day, back in the day, when you would just, if you liked a single, you'd go buy the album. And so I think that helped the fact that, you know, seven million album sales because there was no Spotify and no one really bought singles, not in our circle anyway. I think singles were more for the pop charts. I think the rock charts were more album orientated. We were anyway, we'd go, you know... Spend that money once uh, you know, you, you paper on money or whatever you had and you'd go buy an album from HMV, Virgin Megastars or whatever and then listen to that album non-stop because that's all you had. Um, so that that's kind of the lack of access probably and there was the right place, right time, I think is probably key. Um, good PR, putting them on queue, putting them on MTV2, that kind of stuff was obviously good. Um, but yeah, it's the if it was on Spotify now, we'd probably be like, oh, that song's cool. And that's it, and then move on. You wouldn't become as obsessed with them. I don't know. It'd be interesting, but yes, that you buy the album. That's all you got to listen to: the video, the hook, the lyrics, and the. the I think probably we were just getting into that band as well, or that sort of music, and it was that accessible stage. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, I I agree as well. They're quite. I think they're a bit more accessible than like Slipknot, for example. Like yeah. if you look at like, well, Wait and Bleed, for example. Uh, it's quite fast and heavy. It's not as accessible as Last Resort, for example. <laughs> and another thing um I thought was probably made people kind of like get into it was it's kind of on the nose. So mm-hmm. like when you're young, a lot of people go through anxiety, they go through angst, they go through like you know bouts of depression, and they've got this guy just singing bluntly about it. So like a lot of other bands. Uh, in that same genre, I think sing a lot in metaphor, mm. whereas Paparucci seemed to be more about. Well, I'm singing about cry for help. I'm singing about suicide, and people like you know what that I you know, I connect with this, and you know maybe I don't have suicidal thoughts, and definitely as a kid I I didn't have suicidal thoughts, but you definitely had that angst and that anxiety, and it just I don't know. I think you connected with it, like oh man, this guy's shouting and saying something that I that I agree with, and I think that probably transposed to a lot of different people and I think that's maybe one of the reasons why they were so popular as well.
0: Papa Roach, infest. it was an obvious choice to feature this album as the first episode of our podcast wouldn't you agree Steve?
1: Yeah definitely it was a, it was a gateway for us into heavy music and that, that's what this podcast is going to be about. So.
0: Yeah definitely lots of memories lots of good times with that album um, and yeah a, a, a massive album. Um, sold like I say 7 million albums worldwide sold so far went triple platinum in the US as well Uh, we looked it up from earlier Um, to get platinum or be awarded platinum you have to sell a million records that's a lot of records it sure is that brings us to the end of this week's episode maybe you learned something maybe you found it interesting hell you might have even found it funny and actually enjoyed it whatever you thought we would love to hear from you You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at IsItDadRockYet or you can send us an email to IsItDadRockYet at gmail.com. Thanks again and we'll be back next week with another episode.